Hello and welcome to this, our very first Clara James Approach podcast. The goal with this podcast is to give you ideas on how you can support children that you're working with, whether they be your own or someone else's, either as a tutor or in a classroom setting or something. Ideas on how you can easily adapt resources to make it more accessible to the children that you're working with. Let me turn the clock back many years, 30 years probably, since I was doing my own GCSEs. And I can remember sitting in the maths class and the maths teacher was going over something on the board and it was kind of like, it was algebra. It was um, it was either solving equations or rearranging equations or something like that. But she was basically saying something along the lines of, here it says multiply, so we divide. Here it says add, so we subtract. Here it says um, subtract, so we add. And what's your answer? And she went, dawn. And I, I don't know. And so she basically repeated what she was saying. It says here we multiply, so we need to divide and blah, 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 blah. Dawn, what's the answer? And I was still sat there going, I have no idea what you're on about. And so you could see her literally rolling her eyes. And she just then went back to the board and repeated the third thing, the same thing over and over again for the third time. And she turned to me and went, what's the answer, Dawn? And you can feel the humiliation. Your eyes are kind of like welling with tears. Your cheeks are burning. You just don't know because she's just repeated the same thing three times. And I have no idea what she was going on about. She could have been speaking a, a different language. I was completely lost. Anyway, that evening I went home and I kind of like said to my dad, who wasn't a teacher, who just had, who was just a person with an amazing amount of um, patience. We were doing solving equations or rearranging equations or whatever today. And I just didn't get it. And he sat down and he went, okay, well, imagine you've got a set of scales. And if I'm taking something out of both sides, if I've got say three apples in this side and two apples in this side, and I the, throughout, I need to keep them balanced. He did it far better than I've just said that. But, but by giving me something that I could understand that if I take an apple from this side, I have to take an apple from that side. If I divide this side by three, I have to divide this side by three. It made perfect sense. And it was just literally because he'd explained things slightly differently. And what I've learned over the last few years is I was asked the other day, more and more children are getting labels. Do you think they're just excuses? And I would say no. What I would say is that when we are told that this child is dyslexic, we can kind of think, okay, it's not exactly the same for everyone because dyslexia and autism, ADHD, all of them are very broad spectrums. But I know that if you're dyslexic, there's a potential that you may struggle with the reading aspect or the spelling aspect or um, some other aspect, depending on what it is that is difficult for you. So in that case, what do I need to do that might help you as an individual? And so if I know that you're ADHD, it may be that you're not going to focus unless it's something that you're interested in, in which case you may focus and forget to stop focusing. It could be that um, you're ASD and so um, sitting in the classroom with lots of sensory things going on may not suit you. So what can I do to support you? So that's what this podcast is all about. When I first started working in childcare 24 coming up 24 years ago my initial background was or initially I worked with early years children and then 
um, I basically have been on holiday and seen what other people which my year at school have been doing. By this time, I was 24 and um, I had three children under the age of five. I'd got married at 19 and maybe it was a midlife crisis. I don't know. But I went into the, the playgroup where Clara, my oldest daughter, was at and said to Mary, the lady that ran it, would she mind if um, I went in as a volunteer whilst I studied for a diploma in preschool practice? Because I decided I wanted to do something with my life, but it had to be something that fitted in with having three young children. And thankfully, and I think it changed my life, she said yes. And so um, within a couple of months, I was then offered the job as committee of the playgroup, uh, chair of the committee. And then a few months later, I was offered a paid job as the company Senko and also doing the policies and the planning for the setting. And I think because she gave me that responsibility, it also gave me more confidence and belief in myself than I'd ever had before. And so over the coming years, I finished the diploma and I started a degree in, or I finished, or I did a degree in childcare and education through the Open University. And during that time, I also worked in a primary school, initially in a classroom where there were four children with ADHD. And the teacher, that it was a reception class, and the teacher had them all sitting on the um, carpet and she would sit there and talk to them for about 15 minutes. And these four lads just couldn't cope with sitting still for so long while this lady was talking. And then so they'd start fidgeting, then she would get annoyed and they would fidget more and it just got the volume in there just got louder and louder and it got more and more chaotic and it was intriguing actually looking back how she coped in that situation um anyway I then started got a job working in a hostel for children who had profound autism that couldn't cope in mainstream schools and um then when we moved back down to Buckinghamshire in the UK, I got a job as an MVQ assessor. I also got a job at local autism base. And then 12, nearly 12 years ago, 12 years next month, I a friend suggested I had a go at tutoring. And I said, I don't think so. I don't think that really suits me. She said, oh, give it a go. You'll really love it. It's creative and you can do this and you can do that. And you know, uh, mm, don't know. Anyway, in the end, she nagged me into it. And um. I wrote a profile and I kind of said, look, my name's Dawn, this is my experience and this is how I believe children learn. And what I put was, I believe that children learn if they're relaxed, if they're engaged in what they're doing, if they're having fun. And I basically consolidated everything I'd learned from working with in early years where it's all about play and engagement and with children who had ADHD, had um, ASD. And I'd also often wondered whether my oldest daughter might be mildly dyslexic so she'd I'd gone into her primary school and said to them look these are my thoughts what do you think and at that time they turned around and said well dyslexia is basically an excuse for laziness can't see what the problem is so basically toddle off and leave us alone and at that time I didn't have the confidence to argue my points so I thought, well, if I can learn as much as I can about different learning styles, whatever I learn is hopefully going to help her. But at the same time, it's also going to complement my degree. So for the last 20 years, I've been learning about dyslexia and different learning styles. And so that also complemented 
what I put into my profile. And I kept it quiet. I put the um, profile onto this national website. I thought, I'll keep it quiet. I've done this, but I won't tell anyone else because if it if I'm no good at it and no one ever knows I'm doing it, then I won't make a fool of myself. If um ends up being a major success, unlikely, but um I just hurry see how it goes. And well, that was twelve years ago, and the business has grown and grown and grown, and it's doing remarkably well. But um, one of the other things I also learned is that if I, as a parent or a tutor or whatever, just keep giving the child I'm working with worksheet after worksheet after worksheet, all I'm doing is giving them one memory. And each time I give you a new worksheet, I'm making that memory slightly stronger. But when, if you don't have a brain that works in a linear fashion, or if you're sat stressed in an exam or something and your brain's all over the place, your brain has only got one place to go to to try and find that relevant piece of information. Whereas if I give you multiple different activities to do to help you try and learn that piece of information, what I'm doing is I'm helping you create multiple memories. And so now when your brain's going, ah, don't know, flapping around all over the place, trying to find this information, it's more likely to find it than it is if there's just one solitary memory in your in your head for it to go to. And so that when that was pointed out to me, that made perfect sense. So as examples, when I started tutoring, okay, something that's come up a lot over the years with every age group pretty much has been um, times tables. So if we're doing times tables, what we might do is we might have a game of bingo. Say we're focusing on the five times table, you've got kind of like the answer cards and you've got the question cards and you pick up a question, it's first person to cover their board in the correct answers. Or we might have a game of pairs or snakes and ladders. And as you move around the board, there's a different question on every square associated with that particular times table. Or we might do a fishing game or we might do a noughts and crosses or tic-tac-toe based on the five times table. But by doing this, we're hopefully making it engaging. We're hopefully making it fun because the more fun it is, the more likely it is that our children are going to want to participate. The more they participate, the more practice they get. The more practice they get, the more confident they become. The more confident they become, the more they're willing to participate. And then again, the more they participate, the better they get and the better they get. And it just becomes a positive spiral. And so that was basically, it all seemed to make, sense when it was pointed out most of it I'd never have thought of if I'd been asked to come like 20 years ago to come like say well how do children learn um by reading books and um highlighting things and reading some more and writing things down because that was how I learned at school and because that was how I was taught to learn but things have moved on and there are so many different ways that we can support children with their learning that it isn't now all about highlighting your books and making the pages turn pink as you do so. It's It can be enjoyable and it can be fun and we can get the children involved and we can make it relevant. And yeah, that's basically our approach to learning or to sort of teaching children. And the podcast is hopefully going to help share our ways and means of doing it I mean you may not agree with everything we say some of it may give you that eureka moment or it may give you something like I'm not sure about that but I could tweak it and do it like this and that's what it's all about it's it's kind of like we'll give you a generic idea that we've used and that we've potentially adapted and then you could oh actually that wouldn't work but if I just change it slightly that would work and off you go and suddenly the world is your oyster and hey actually 
my child now loves learning and it's because I've made it relevant to them. It's because I've explained something in a way that they understood, because I think I'll say this and then I'll stop talking. I think that's the other thing. Very often we're inclined to, so this is how I understand it. So this is how I'm going to tell it to you. And because I understand it like that, you haven't understood me. So I'll just say it again, a bit like the scenario I started with. But actually it's not, if we could repeat it a hundred times, but if the person we're talking to doesn't understand it, they're never going to understand it, no matter how many times we explain it like that. If we change our vocabulary and explain it to them in a way that makes sense, then suddenly you go, oh, actually I do get it. So it's not always the child that's stupid. Very often it's us that just isn't explaining things very well. And then as much as anything, we need to change our approach to how we explain things. It's not down to the child to understand things differently. It's down to us to explain things differently. So I will now stop talking, but welcome to the Clara James podcast. I hope I hope you find that the episodes are helpful and um, you can take things away from it, which will help you support your child with their maths and their English from reception through to the end of secondary school yourself at home. Thanks for listening.